Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. excited about it. So um, we're going to read through most of it. On the back of your song sheet, I printed out the chapter of Proverbs 31 because um, I was assuming that nobody was going to have their Bibles. And so so Proverbs 31 is on the back of your song sheet. And we're just going to read through most of it, not all of it. So bear with me. Verse 1. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. So this chapter is a mom talking to her son. These are the things. So the next few verses, verses 3 through 9, she's saying to him, make some wise choices as a king. Just be wise. (laughs) Do good things, like don't drink, don't get drunk, don't hang out with the wrong women, and take care of the poor. That's what she's saying to her son in the next few verses. And then we're going to jump down to verse 10. The section where um, she talks about a wife of noble character. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant's ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hands, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle of her fingers, with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed, She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with dignity and with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Wouldn't it be great if our husbands said that to us? (laughs) Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So the first question we're going to answer is, who was King Lemuel? And nobody is really sure (laughs) who he is. We know that he has a mom. We know that he is a king. 
and we know that he writes poetry. Um, we know that his name means for God or devoted to God, and, but we don't know for sure who he is. Some commentators have said that it could be Samuel, King Samuel, who actually wrote most of Proverbs, but nobody's really sure. It could be a nickname that his mom gave to him. Nobody's really sure. We just know that his mom was giving him advice <laughs> on how to be a king. Um, and heads up, I want you to know that this is not just for married women. It is for single women as well. I know it says the wife of noble character, but this is for women. It's not just for married women. Okay? So you single ones, it's for you too. Okay? So I'm talking to you. Um, but I wanted to give you, I have a lot of fill-ins for you. So stick with me here, okay? I want to go through some character traits of the Proverbs 31 woman that are covered in this chapter. These are just some of them. This isn't all of them. The first one is trustworthy. She is trustworthy. Verse 11, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. I like the message version of this one. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. So do people trust you? Are you a trustworthy person? Are your friendships, your relationships, are they richer because of being trustworthy? As women, we should be trustworthy. Number two, she is strong and a hard worker. Verse 13, she, let, she selects full wool. <laughs> she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. Verse 17, she sets about her work vigorously. Her hands are strong for her tasks. So she's not lazy. She takes care of her responsibilities and she doesn't complain about the things that need to get done. Number three, she's resourceful. In verse 14, it says, She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. And verse 22, she makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Who makes their own bedding? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who makes their own bedding? <laughs> yeah. Like she makes coverings for her bed. So she's resourceful, and she also makes sure, makes sure that her family is fed and taken care of. Number four, she makes good use of her time. She gets up while it is still night, so she's a morning person. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. Do we have morning people here? No. Not me. No. <laughs> So she manages her time well. <laughs> she manages her time well. And I remember when my kids were little, I would get up early.
before they would get up to get whatever done I needed to get done, and then I would go to bed late after they were in bed to get what done whatever I needed to done. I don't do that anymore. Because <laughs> no, I don't need to. <laughs> yeah. But I used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, number five, she's good with her money. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. So she manages her money well. She invested in a vineyard. Yeah, Yeah, she invests well. Number six, she's generous and compassionate. In verse 20, it says, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. So she's not selfish. She thinks outside of herself, she thinks of other people, and she is hospitable. She invites other people into her home and takes care of them and provides food, and yeah, that's something I'm learning to do. Number seven, she thinks ahead. Verse 21, it says, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. So she plans ahead and she lives with intention. She doesn't just wing it. She lives with intention. And number eight, that's my favorite, she is wise. Verse 25, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs at the days to come. Verse 26, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. In verses 29 and 30, many, pe- many women do noble things, but you surpass them all, is what her husband would say about her. And then verse 30, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So a woman of wisdom is really valuable. And those should trump all the other points. A woman of wisdom. When you're wise, those other things Come more naturally. So does this feel overwhelming? Mm-hmm. That this is... For me, it feels overwhelming. Um, I used to not like this chapter. <laughs> and because I can't be all of that. I just can't. I'm like, I don't want to read this chapter. I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about it. But as I've grown, it's just... These are not, um, they're not easy to reach, you know. Um, And reality is Jesus is perfect, and he wants us to be more like him. But how many of you know it's pretty much impossible to be like him all the time, right? Um, So this Proverbs 31 woman that King Lemuel's mom was talking about. She's not actually real. And I just learned that in the last few years, like, this woman didn't actually exist. This was just the kind of, these are attributes, these are characteristics that she wanted for her son to look for in a wife. And I'm like, whew, okay. (laughs) I know. Okay, pressure's off. <laughs> but but these are these are characteristics that we should strive for. 
that should, we should work towards. Just like we should become more like Jesus. I mean, if you, if you look at this list, these are all characteristics, characteristics that Jesus has. He is trustworthy. He is strong and he's a hard worker. I mean, my goodness, the world. Hello. Um, and he's resourceful. He makes good use of his time. Good with money. I mean, if you look, if you read through the book of Proverbs, there's so much advice about finances. So much advice about finances. And he's generous and compassionate. He thinks ahead. I mean, I mean, the guy it like plans ahead all the time. And he's wise. So should we not try to become more like this? And we don't have to be perfect at it. Just this morning, I made two of the casseroles. Rochelle made two of the casseroles. And both of us, on our drive here, we spilled casseroles in our van. <laughs> and we both did the exact same thing. I couldn't believe it when she told me. I got her first, and I said, I have, I have egg on my van floor. And this afternoon, I'm going to be scrubbing egg out of my carpet in the van. And it's because I had the casserole stacked, and one slid off, and yeah, there's egg on my van floor now. And Rochelle did the same thing because they were stacked. And it, yeah, so she has egg on her floor. And so, yeah. So we don't have to be perfect, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We're, we're like, okay, we're just going to get through this. It's going to be good. <laughs> but I wanted to give you two points to consider in your fill-ins. Um, I want to talk about what it means to be a woman who is worthy of praise. And um, your first fill-in, um, I'm going to tell you your first fill-in. Being a woman who is worthy of praise is one who doesn't focus on her outward appearance. Proverbs 31, verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Don't we so often focus on what we're wearing, how our hair looks, is our makeup just right? You know, our size, our weight. We focus on that so much. And we compliment each other on our clothes and on our shoes. Your hair looks really good today. You know? We focus so much on the outward appearance, which is a bad, that's not a bad thing. We tend, but so many times we tend to make that, okay, so I'm having a good hair today, so it's going to be a good day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> which is not a bad thing. <laughs> but so many times we, we focus on that too much. I want to tell you a story about Ruth in the Old Testament. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And she, um, she's a widow. And um, if you have not read the book of Ruth, it's, only, it's a very short book. And a quick read 
And that's a really cool story about the book of Ruth and how she, her faithfulness to the Lord is just amazing. It's really encouraging. But, so Ruth was not the typical Proverbs 31 woman. Um, Ruth was a widow, and she, was, she lived in a pagan nation. And Ruth, uh, chapter 3, verse 11, Boaz, um, who became, um, who she met in this nation, um, he says to her, And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. But Ruth had a life nothing like a virtuous woman. And, I mean, she was a widow. Both of her sons died. So she didn't have children on earth. And she, did, she didn't have servants. She didn't really have a home to take care of. And she was living off of leftovers in Boaz's field. So she was very poor. Very poor. And this is not the typical, like if you read through Proverbs 31, I mean, she dressed in fine linen and purple garments. <laughs> you know? I mean, Ruth did not, she did not live the life of um, the typical virtuous woman or the Proverbs 31 woman. But Boaz called her a woman of noble character. But she was faithful. She was wise. She made wise choices. And she was also good with the money that she did have. She didn't have a lot of money. But she was good with that money. You know? I mean, she didn't go, she didn't go out to eat just because she wanted to go out to eat. But she went to Boaz's field and she picked up the leftovers. She picked up the scraps from the field. Because she didn't want to spend the money. You know? Um, and in the book of Ruth, it focuses on her character, her heart condition. It doesn't talk about her being beautiful. It didn't talk about what she wore. It didn't focus on her outward appearance. It talked about her heart and her faithfulness to the Lord and to her family and to her daughter-in-laws. And it was her character that won Boaz over. Isn't that cool? He wasn't so much physically attracted to her. It doesn't talk about that. It talks about her character and how much he loved her heart and how that drew him to her. And I don't know about you. If, I wish somebody would have taught me this when I was single, <laughs> when I was a teenager and in my 20s. I wish somebody would have taught me this, that, Rose, it's not about how you look. It's about your heart condition. You know, um, I would have messed up a lot less. I would have made better choices. So, your next fill in, our true beauty is not in how we look. It starts with the condition of the heart. God cares more about our heart than how we look. 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
I'm grateful for that because I don't look very good every day. <laughs> I'm so grateful he cares about the heart. Point number two, being a woman who is worthy of praise is one who fears the Lord. I'm going to read verse 30 again. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So what does it mean to fear the Lord? For so long, I was so confused. I'm like, what? I don't understand this phrase, fear the Lord. I, am I supposed to be scared of him? Like, what, what does that look like? For so long, I didn't understand him. The, what it means to fear the Lord is to be in awe of him and be in reverence of him. And I read this phrase this week, giving God his rightful place in your life. I love that. Put God in his rightful place in your life. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. So if God is a creator of the world, does he not deserve to be put in his rightful place? To be on the top? Does he not deserve our awe and our reverence? Because of Proverbs 31, woman feared God. She was honored by her family. She was a wife who her husband trusted. She took care of her household. She took care of her family. She took care of her home. She spent her time wisely, spent her money wisely, and she thought of others. And she spoke with wisdom. And her deeds were worthy of praise. The things that she did, how she took care of her family, how she took care of her household, how she took care of people, how she took people in, they were praiseworthy. Because she did it well. Your next friend, fearing God daily means to put God in his rightful place. So what does that look like to put God in his rightful place? It means surrendering my plans and agenda in order to be obedient to him. This week, while well, my, my parents are going to be moving throughout the month of June, they have like 30 days to get out of their house into another house. And... Um, I wanted to go help my mom and dad because there's a ton of painting. Like every square inch of that house needs to be painted. And, and I enjoy doing that for my parents. And so I really wanted to go help them. There were things outside that needed to be done. There were, I mean, there's just stuff that needs to be done. But 
I couldn't get all that done. I have to wait until next week to do that. I had to tell my dad, I'm sorry, I don't have time this week. I've got time next week. And because I had to prioritize some things for the church, I had to prioritize some things for this morning. And it takes sacrifice. It takes surrendering my time, surrendering my energy to do what the Lord wants me to do above what I want to do. I don't really want to do what I needed to do <laughs> because I wanted, you know, I wanted to have my own agenda. I had my own agenda, and that's what I wanted to do, but that's not what I was supposed to do. And to take time to be with God, what does it look like for you to spend time with him, to sit with him, to talk with him, to listen to him, to worship him? What does that look like for you on a regular basis? Pray and choose to make wise choices. So many times making wise choices doesn't come naturally. You have to choose to make the right choice, to make the wise choice. It's a choice. Choose to become a woman who brings him glory and honor. It's not about us. It's just not. It's not about us. Fearing the Lord, it frees me from seeking praise from the world, which I love. It's in having your identity in Christ. When God has his rightful place in your life, it frees you. It's so freeing. And letting him be in charge. It frees me from self-centeredness and just thinking about myself. It frees me from pursuing beauty that doesn't last. Because I'm 50 years old. I am not 25 years old anymore. And my body knows it. <laughs> and I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not 25. <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, we work so hard to stay young. We work so hard. But I'm telling you, we just talked about this at our table earlier. Like, what age would you choose if you had a choice? I'm like, I would be 35. You know? But I'm okay with being 50. I'm okay with it. Most of the time. <laughs> when my body does what it needs to do. But yeah, so are you okay with where God has you? You know, even physically. When you look in the mirror, can you say, I'm beautiful? Even with the wrinkles. Even with the flaws that you don't like there. Can you say, yeah, I'm beautiful. This is the way God made me. This is the way I'm meant to be. Fearing God centers my life. 
It centers me. It grounds me. Yeah, just knowing who you are is centering. Yeah, trusting that God created you the way you are with a purpose, with a plan, with intention. Your last villain. When God, when we give, okay, when we give God his rightful place in our lives, we can better become the woman God wants us to be. So what area of your life do you need to let God be in charge? Is there, a, is there an area where you need to surrender to him? Is there an area that you need to let go of? There are. We went through this list of the characteristics of a Proverbs 31. The idea of working towards that can be exhausting. But I'm telling you, as we grow in our relationship with him, as we surrender, as we let him be in charge of every area of your life, those just come naturally. They just fall into place. As we grow in wisdom, as we grow in character, those just fall into place. I've seen it happen in my life. I don't have all of those characteristics all the time. I fail. I'm not very good at it. But over my lifetime, as I've grown in my relationship with Jesus, those things have just happened. They just fall into place without me even trying to work towards it. He's just given me that because of my attempt at being faithful and loyal to him. So what part of your life do you need to put in charge to let him be in charge? Is it just like, okay, I got to re-up with him. Just give him everything again. Because it is about your heart condition. It's not about how you look. So I want to... Did either one of you have anything that you wanted to share? Yeah, Rose, um, the Lord showed me a picture. And what it is is that there's this huge rock. And the Lord puts his hand on that rock as we lay our hands on top of that rock. It's coming into agreement. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the foundation. And when we have these stones that we're building, these stones of our lives that we're building, he lays his hand there because we're going to come in and we're going to agree with him. He is our strength. He 
is our present, he is our future. Mm -hmm. And when we come into agreement and we lay our hands together, and for any of us, whatever it is, if we will come into agreement with him and we have others, that's what we're here for. We're here for relationship. We're here for community. We're here to encourage one another. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of what you said is that when we come into agreement with the Lord, all of these things happen naturally in our lives. Mm -hmm. It's nothing we have to work for, strive for. Mm -hmm. It's just agreeing with Him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I, I sense that there, there's one, maybe more, of, of people here that have sensed that or believe that they failed in so many areas and that the Lord is mad at them. And then they, they are having a hard time forgiving themselves, so they're having a hard time accepting his forgiveness. Mm -hmm. and, and I just sense that um, when you talk about the fear of the Lord, that it was, uh, it was brought to my mind how I was raised that God was always mad. He was, he was, he was vicious. And if you failed, that was it, you know? And I think the reason I bring that up is because I, I sense that there's uh, someone or, or people in here that have said, that have felt that. And they just feel like he's mad. Every time they do something wrong, he's mad. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't be this person. And it's okay for you, you're the pastor's wife. Or it's okay for that one because of who they are. But they have to know that he loves all of us the same. There's no one, no one in this room is greater than the other one. Mm -hmm. And that he loves us all the same, and he's forgiving, and he's loving. He's not mad, he's not mean, and he's a very loving God. Mm -hmm. It's okay, Phil. Yeah. Yeah. So if that resonates with you, with what Hope shared, um, Hope, would you be willing to pray with that group mm -hmm. over here? So if that resonates with you, um, let Hope pray with you over here. And um, I think the rest of us, it's just, let's decide to partner with the Lord. Let's partner with Him in our life, in every area of our lives. Not just parts of our lives, every area of our lives our time, our money, our relationships, our relationship with him. Every area of our life needs to be partnered with him. So, okay. So let's stand. And Hope, would you just come over here in this area? And if that, if what she shared re resonates with you, feeling like a failure and feeling like you're not sure that God will forgive you or you need to forgive yourself. Um, let hope pray for you. Okay? So Lord, we choose to partner with you. As a creator of the world, as a God who created us individually, you created us with intention. Every detail 
you created with intention. The way we look, the way our bodies work, our personality, every part of us you created. And Lord, we are grateful. Even the times when we don't like it all, <laughs> we're not really happy with it all, but Lord, you did it. You created us. And so Lord, we choose to be in awe of what you've done. And Lord, we choose to put you in your rightful place in our lives. Because that's where you deserve to be. We choose to put our time in your hands. Our schedule, our relationships. Our physical bodies. Our money. Lord, we choose to put it all in your hands and to trust you with it. Because you can handle all that better than we can. Lord, our desire is to be women who are praiseworthy. Our desire is for our hearts to be pure before you and each other no matter what is going on in our lives. And Lord, I pray, for, especially for the single ladies in this room, God, that you would give them supernatural wisdom. Lord, that they would strive to be the kind of woman that a husband would be proud of someday. That a husband can say... I love you the way you are, and I love your heart. And single ladies, I just want to say that this is the time. This is the time for you to focus on what the Lord wants for you and what he has for you. This is the time to go all out for him. Because you want a man who loves your heart more than your body. Trust me, you do. This is the time to go all out for him. And to become the woman that God created you to be. Go after it. Go after your relationship with the Lord. You don't have that guy distracting you. It's a great opportunity for you to go after your relationship with him. And for you married ladies, it's not too late. It's not too late. You can still become the woman God created you to be. 
We are not perfect wives, and we never will be. But can your husband say, I love your heart for the Lord? When our heart is centered on what the Lord has for us, our marriage can be healed and can be whole and can be what God designed it to be and wants for you. Go after your relationship with the Lord more than your relationship with your husband. Put God in his rightful place. That means putting him above your husband. And I can promise you, God will honor that. He will. So go after your relationship with him. So God, I thank you for each woman here. God, I pray that you would continue to pursue each one. God, that you would put an intense desire in their heart to become more like you, to be the woman that you designed them to be, that you intend for them to be. God, I thank you that we can trust you with our hearts. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.